Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Okay, welcome to Warrior Mothers Who Know. So glad that you're here. Today, it's our fifth Tuesday, and on the fifth Tuesday, we have a guest come, and today, Brody Hill's our guest, and he is so brilliant. He's done two brilliant things that have been amazing to me. One, he set up a meeting with me, like he's the first clinician in all of the history of life-changing services that set up a meeting just with me, like, hi there, I want to meet you. I thought that was so cool. So I already feel like Brody, I like Brody so much. That was so nice of him. And then the other thing that he's done that's so cool, I sent a message to all the clinicians yesterday because I realized just the night before, oh my word, it's the fifth Tuesday. This is the fifth Tuesday and we have no guest. So I sent a note to every clinician saying, are you available? And Brody said, he was the first one to say, I'm available. And I was like, you win. Okay, thank you so much. So Brody, we are so excited to meet you. And we are looking forward to getting to know you better and what you have to present to us today. And we're going to take this meeting wherever you want to take it. And we'll just facilitate as we go. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you, Karen. That was a wonderful introduction. I appreciate it. Yeah, so my name is Brody Hill. I'm uh newly minted Sons of Helaman clinician, as has been stated already. Just a little bit of a introduction, I guess. So I've been just recently graduated, actually, from my many, many years of schooling, preparing myself for this position that I finally get to fill. And I'm 
very excited about that. So I've recently actually just started in the role of clinician with the boys, but I would say that my role as far as, or my learning related to the issue of pornography in general has been going on, well, I would say probably most of my life. And the preparation that the Lord has put me through, I believe, to be here where I am right now has has been going on for a long time. And so it feels like a culmination to me of a lot of things. I was in my, still in my undergraduate studies at the University of Alberta up here in Canada, when my dad, who was a YSA bishop at the time, got his hands on a PDF copy of Like Dragons, Did They Fight? And he knew, you know, I was studying psychology at the time. I knew that, you know, and I had, you know, this had been an interest of mine for, you know, for years and years. I'd been going through, you know, experiences of my own, of my friends, of my brother, you know, everybody around me and just trying to figure out there's, there has to be something more effective than whatever it is that we've tried because nothing that anyone has ever tried has done marginally any, you know, real difference. And so my dad got his hands on a copy of like dragon sent it to me and I was instantly on board. Like the moment I read that book, I just decided, you know, I, well, I knew based on my, you know, my very limited understanding at that point of of what goes on behind the scenes of pornography addiction and self mastery problems and all of these things. and, And just the way that it's explained and the understanding was at a level beyond anything I had ever encountered. And so I put those principles into practice, both for myself, for, you know, clients during my practicum, found immense success. And so as my degree, my master's degree was finally winding down, I gave Maurice a call. I just looked up the phone number online and I called him up and I said, hey, I, I love this program and I want to bring it up here to Canada because, the, you know, we, we hadn't had a lot of resources up here relative to to the problem and so here i am you know long story short i i went through all the all the training all the courses with with life-changing services and have been putting my efforts here ever since and so i'm super excited to be here i love working with the young men who you know who have just the greatest greatest amount of potential that you could see in any group of of human beings, I swear, these young men. And it's an incredible feeling to just watch as they figure out who they are and what they can do. And that's my favorite thing. And that's why I'm here. Tell us a little bit more about your family of origin as well as where you're at now. Yeah. Okay. So I have been married since 2016. We have my wife, Angela, she is lovely. We have three little children, four, two, and one who is just about five months old, I guess now. Wow. So it's a busy house around here. If you hear any blood curdling screams coming from my computer, that's just my kids. Don't worry about it. They're excitable. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I grew up here. I guess I should have explained this too. I grew up here in Southern Alberta for most of my life. Well, my whole life, really. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Canada, which I can't imagine is a ton, we've got our own little mini Utah going on over here, basically, as far as Canada is concerned. The Saints moved up to southern Alberta quite quickly after the 
Salt Lake Temple was finished and started a lot of communities up there. The Cardston Temple, which uh, was where I was sealed to my wife up here, was the sixth temple that was ever completed. So it's it's got a long, rich history the church does up here. And as such, there's a lot of members, a lot of people who are in need of these services. And so that's you know a big reason why I got started. My family has been active in the church scene around the area for generations. I mean, the, the pioneers were the ones, my family was part of the group that moved up from Salt Lake up to Canada. So I, I basically belong here. This is where I've been from for generations. And so I love this place and I'm super excited to be of service to those who need it up here. Yeah. So I guess that's a little bit more about, about me. I, I like questions. I'm a big fan. So if anyone, if there's anything that pops up for anybody as we're going, I, I would love to, to answer them. I'm super excited to be here again. As I said, I think this part of the life-changing services catalog, I guess you could say, is one that's really interesting to me, has been since day one. And I really think it's an important, important resource because you you ladies need as much support as you can get. And so it, please please be open, please be willing to ask any, you know, there's no, there's no bad questions. There's no wrong questions. Anything that is relevant and important to you, I would hope to be able to, to answer as best I can. And so with that in mind, I was thinking about what we could talk about today. And I think one of the things that I wanted to speak on, touch on at least a little bit is, is with, with my clients, at least, I think one of the things that if, if there's something that comes up repeatedly, like over and over for every single kid, every single client I have, you know, and, and this, this doesn't just apply to sense of healing. Like I'm running, I'm doing men of Moroni groups as well. And so, you know, it happens there all the time. And the question isn't so much about, I've never had a client go through the manpower sections of sons of human or of the program you know the goal setting and say you know now this isn't for me every single one of them understands why that would be important they understand how that would be helpful the problem is they don't understand why they don't feel like doing it in the moment you know when they say you know you can sit here when you're at a level zero, as we would say, or when you're, when you're feeling good, when your mind is clear, you can say, yes, I need to, I need to keep all my goals. I need to do all these things. You know, the revelation I've received from the Lord has shown me the path that I need to take to be able to overcome this. And then when the moment comes, they feel lazy or they feel, you know, they describe it as, as, you know, a feeling as if I don't need to do this right now, I can do it later. And then lo and behold, the battle is lost and they're all confused as to what happened to my will to fight and my desire to stick to these wonderful goals that the Lord set for me. And so that's been a recurring thing for basically, you know, ever since I've started really. And so helping these young men answer this question has become a really important one for me. And, and again, it, this, this applies to so much more than just recovery from pornography and with these young men again the end game isn't just to stop watching porn you know that's not what we're about that's not what we're here for it's about establishing a mental fortitude that provides you with the tools and the capabilities that you need to be successful in all endeavors throughout your life and to be able to connect 
with the Lord in a way that provides you with the tools that you need. And we talk about warrior chemistry all the time. And, and again, for the new guys or for maybe some of you, it, it seems it can appear, sound like such a name for a fancy tool that we don't really understand. And, and a lot of the new guys, I, I feel like that's part of the problem is they say, yeah, warrior chemistry sounds great. What the heck is warrior chemistry? I don't know what that is. And, and when we try to teach them how to implement it, you know, find, helping them feel excited about using it and, and being able to do it at a level that's consistent and effective to the, you know, to the level that they need it to be is, is another thing entirely. And so I, I, I feel like explaining a little bit more about what the warrior chemistry is, and it's a whole batch of, of brain chemicals that, you know, we don't have the time and or means to go into entirely. And, and I don't even think that, you know, the psychological community at large doesn't quite understand it fully yet. But one of the big chemicals, I, I want to do a if you could call it a, a chemical spotlight today on, on one single one that, that comes into play very largely in warrior chemistry, serotonin. So has anybody heard about serotonin? I think it's one of the more well-known brain chemicals that are out there. People kind of know, you know, depression, serotonin plays a huge role. And again, it's kind of an enigmatic chemical in that we, we understand that it does good things but we don't really understand why it's interesting. And we, we understand that its presence is helpful, but we, we don't understand, you know, exactly all of the things that it does because it's such a, a well-rounded and important brain chemical. And as far as warrior chemistry concern, is concerned, I'd say it's, it's one of the big ones. And to help illustrate the importance of serotonin, I like to use a recycled case study on lobsters which some people find odd because lobsters aren't very close to human beings at all. But I think the reason that it's so interesting is because of the fact that lobsters are so, you know, on a evolutionary psychological standpoint, lobsters branched away from human beings about 330 million years ago. That's what they say. And so we're very different from lobsters yet serotonin plays a huge role in lobster psychology just as it does as human psychology and the way that it works is actually still quite quite similar and so lobsters are very social and and they have a very structured hierarchical system upon which the male lobsters in particular take part and so you know we, we talk about hierarchy all the time and for lobsters it's a huge deal you know where you land on you know, if you're the alpha lobster or if you're the bottom of the barrel, you know, the sad lobster who's at the very, very bottom, it, it makes a huge difference in, you know, the home that you get to live in, the, the mates that you get to have access to, the, you know, the food that you get to have. All of these things are dependent on what kind of a lobster you are. And interestingly enough, the serotonin levels are directly linked to where that lobster lines up on that hierarchy. And if the lobster's at the top, lots of serotonin gets into that lobster system. And it has the effect of making a very interesting psychological change for that lobster in that it feels good. And because it feels good, it starts to, you know, it stands up. If we could you know, transfer posture and, and, you know, body language from lobsters into humans, it would be the lot, you know, lobster gets to stand up tall, he puffs his chest down, he walks around like he owns the place, you know, he's the big lobster, and he feels 
strong. And because he feels strong, his serotonin levels go up and his serotonin levels going up means he feels stronger and he gets more excited. He feels more active. He likes to go out and do things. He likes to, you know, he chases the lady lobsters. He goes out and gets his food. He does the things that a real alpha lobster would do because of that, you know, cycle that builds with that serotonin level that increases. And likewise, lobsters, when they, you know, when they fight the losing lobster, his serotonin level drops. And when his serotonin level drops, he starts to feel more intimidated. He starts to feel smaller and he, you know, he kind of recedes into himself, his shoulders roll in, you know, he crouches down and he, you know, he's the poor me, don't look at me wrong because I might, you know, I might get in trouble. And the more that the serotonin drops, the more the lobster falls on the hierarchy, the worse this problem gets. And it becomes a spiral where, you know, he can't go out. He resigns himself to a position of, of pacifism where he just lets things happen to him. And this lobster is at the whim of every other lobster in the ocean. And he gets pushed around until oftentimes death because there's, you know, there's no food, there's no mates, there's no nothing for this lobster and bad things can happen. Now there's, you know, there's movement that can happen for these lobsters, but the relationship between their serotonin levels and their place on that hierarchy is very important. Now you might wonder why am I going on for such a long time about lobsters and serotonin? And this is where I get to explain myself because there's a moment after every single lost battle that I've studied for a long time, for every single without fail. And this, again, this isn't just lost battles with pornography. This is lost battles across the board. Every time we lose a battle against Satan, every time we do something contrary to our value system, every time we make a decision and we do something where we feel like, why did I just do that? There's an immediate secondary attack that comes from the adversary. And what its focus is, is to make you feel like garbage as quickly and effectively as he possibly can. His attack is to say to you, how could you possibly do such a thing? You're useless, you're terrible, you're unlovable, insert whatever, you know, your favorite or Satan's favorite attack to use is on you. And this happens repeatedly. Now, I've asked myself for many years, why is that such an important job for these demons to, to do for us? We've already lost the battle. They already won. Why is it so quickly that this attack happens? And that's because our brain responds very reactively and very importantly to this, you know, again, this concept that psycho psychologists call negative self-talk. Again, we, we understand through the, through the Life Changing Services program that this is by no means self-talk. This is attacks and, and you know, verbal abuse that's perpetrated upon us by a very real, very intelligent, and very powerful adversary. But again, this drops our serotonin levels. This reduces the amount of positive chemistry that we feel for ourselves. And those who fall into such a state of depression where they feel like they, you know, those with major depressive disorder, the best treatment that we've come to find for depression is uh, a drug called SSRIs or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. What that means is through various means, it increases the level of serotonin in your brain artificially. And by doing so makes you feel better, makes you feel more 
at will to do things makes you feel more you know, positive about yourself and your life. And that's why SSRIs are effective against depression, because the more serotonin you have access to, the more positive you feel and the better you're able to engage in these things. So if Satan can get you to drop that serotonin, drop those feelings of self-efficacy, those feelings of importance lower, it makes it easier for him to, to put you into a position to lose a battle again in the future. Does that make sense to everybody? So this is the cycle that Satan drives us toward. And so this is where our warrior chemistry drills and practices come into big play because they're not just, you know, the, the warrior chemistry and the, you know, the drills that we engage in aren't just to help us cast out Satan, which they are obviously, but it is an opportunity for us to practice visualizing success, visualizing victory, visualizing positive elements of our lives and of our future so that we can, again, boost those serotonin levels. And the more that we engage in that kind of a practice, the more that we put ourselves into a position of feeling positive and feeling victorious, then the easier it becomes for us in the future to start winning battles and not just winning battles. Again, pornography is, is kind of a little bit farther down the line than we want to put our focus toward. Because if we're, we're losing thought battles and, and mood battles earlier on in the process, then inevitably that leads us you know, later on to have issues with pornography and whatever is the target behavior we're trying to change. So the focus needs to be placed on these mood battles and these thought battles and these moments where the adversary is constantly attacking us with these negative mental images or thoughts or words or feelings to get us to feel worse about ourselves and therefore drop our serotonin levels and get us to a point where fighting the fight that we need to becomes that much harder. And so again, that's a very, very pointed discussion on, on the role of serotonin in the process of warrior chemistry. And so how this comes into play with increasing a client's ability or desire to engage in their mad power, engage in those moments is, again, we, we talk about the, the process of visualization. And in psychology, it's actually quite an interesting process and, and skill that vis visualization ability brings because there's little difference in our mind between when we actually practice something or when we visualize ourselves practicing something, if that makes sense. And, and, and again, to, to help paint this image, illustrate this, I, I use, I'm a snowboarder. Like being from Canada, you know, that's kind of what we like to do. Everything we like to do for fun is involves snow because that's what's around most of the year. So I'm a snowboarder. And I was learning when I was younger, I wanted to learn how to do a 360 on my snowboard really bad. And I had a friend of mine who I would go with all the time who was really good. And, you know, he could do all kinds of crazy tricks. And so he was my, my mentor, I guess you could say. And so we, before I even tried once, before I, you know, I had tried a few things, but I wasn't that good at it. He, he sat me down and he explained to me all of the, you know, all of the body positioning, all of the things that you want to do. He said, you know, this is how you put your feet. This is how you, you know, swing your arms and the, the, you know, how you build the momentum. He went through every little piece 
of information that I needed to know so that one day when I wanted to try, I could throw a perfect 360. And so I listened very attentively and I went over these things in my mind over and over again. I visualized myself going off the jump, spinning, doing all of these things right as much as I could. And then the moment came, we were on the hill, I had the jump lined up and I went. And the first time I ever tried, I did a perfect 360. And I remember being, well, I was, you know, I was pretty excited about that fact. But then I remember thinking, I was like, how did I, I've never even tried this before. How did I pull that off? And I've come to understand, you know, psych, psychology has come to understand that our brain doesn't really know a difference when we get into such a real level of visualization. And, and I think we all, you know, we can all know what that feels like, at least to a point where we get into this mode where, you know, we can see things playing out in our head and we can visualize ourselves doing something and it feels real. And if you, you know, if you were to lay down and close your eyes, you can feel yourself engaging in these, these types of behaviors. And the truth of the matter is your brain treats that as if it's real practice or as if you're actually doing it. And so then when it comes time to do it in real time, you can, and you're able to, because your body feels ready, your mind is ready and you do it. And that is the reason the drills are so important. And the practice that we, you know, the sparring, everything that we do in these sense of human programs is so effective is because it teaches these young men to put themselves into a visualization state so that they can practice these skills and these abilities to the point where when it comes time to do so in real time, in real life, they've done it before a hundred times, they've done it over and over again, and they can do it right. And if the visualization is done to the effective level, it's also been shown that the brain chemistry that is associated with that practice is just the same as if it had been done in real life. And so that serotonin increase we're talking about when that lobster wins that fight or when our sons or when our young men, when our clients win these battles can be artificially demonstrated and accessed through practice rather than having to go over, you know, win battles over and over again and feel like I have to get you know, a lot of the guys complain about, I feel like I don't have enough momentum behind me to get myself through these difficult times. Well, you don't have to be perfect win every battle for a week straight before you really can feel like you can get some momentum. If you do your drills, if you practice properly and you visualize yourself winning, your brain doesn't know the difference. And you can build serotonin and you can put yourself into a place where you feel ready to fight, ready to win battles against Satan. And then all it is a matter of winning that battle. And then the victory brings its own increase in warrior chemistry as well. And so that's where the the positive cycle that we're trying to establish is built upon. And that's where, you know, that's what we're really trying to focus on. Again, the, the, the Sons of Human program isn't about just trying to put enough barriers or roadblocks in the way so it's you know so our young men can't view pornography or 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 just putting them into a position where they don't they're not able to access it it's truly about building the habits and the skills that they need to be able to feel positive about who they are about where they're going and let them feel like they you know finally for the first time in years they're doing well 
in this fight against Satan. They're winning their battles. They feel positive about, you know, about their positioning against the adversary and more importantly about who they are and, and what their standing is in, in front of their savior and their heavenly father. Because that's, you know, that's the lie that Satan has been telling them for years that because of this difficult thing that you've found yourself tied up in, you don't have the same value or the same importance as, as the rest of those people that you see at church taking the sacrament and doing everything else. Leanne, yes. Hi, I am. Um, could you speak a little bit more on those drills you're talking about and also that manpower thing? I have a son who talks about the dailies that he's supposed to be doing, but any, and the same thing about, you know, I'm trying to do them, but I'm, these things get in the way. Can you talk a little bit about what are those kinds of habits and things that you suggest to the kids? I was just going to say, just so we have a frame of reference too, like, so, you know, Brody, you might not know this. We have a mom power calendar. And so we also have six squares, right? But just understanding the you know, what do all of the letters mean on the manpower calendar might be helpful. And then also just because, yeah, we're all here at different levels. So I don't yeah. even know what the calendar is you're talking about. Yeah. So I so, don't know about that too. Yeah. So yeah, all we're right. just, so if you could just go like, they've never even heard what a calendar is. So I'm going <laughs> to tell them all about it. Yeah. Sounds start good. there. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. So we'll do calendar first then. So the calendar Manpower is the acronym we, we use, M-A-N-P-W-R. So all six squares have an important kind of area that they're, we want them to focus on with their goal setting. But one of the first thing, well, the first thing that all these young men are encouraged to do is when you start out, first time you're going through the program, you know, you read the book, you're getting introduced, you, you attend your first meeting the first thing that you want to have really nailed down is the idea and the, you know, the truth of the matter is that you have the ability to go to the Lord in prayer and go to him with the expectation that he knows exactly what you need to do to be rid of, you know, this problem, to be able to overcome the temptation, the, you know, the lost battles to be able to win this fight. No one knows better. You know, no clinician is going to be able to help you any better than the spirit of God is going to. And you have the ability to access that revelatory power on your own. And so through prayer, through revelation, the boys are encouraged to seek out answers to prayer about what should my manpower goals be. And so the M Again, this is a loose kind of organization we have, like the M square stands for ministry normally. And so that's a kind of service oriented goal that the boys should have towards either, you know, a family member. Sometimes it can be towards mom, towards their siblings, towards somebody or, or you know, a daily thing that they can engage in to help, you know, to help them feel more fulfilled and more engaged in that role. And A square stands for accountability. So again, some goal that they can set that's going to help them feel like they have more accountability. There's more at stake here for them when it comes to losing a battle, something that can help them think about why are they fighting? What are my responsibilities that are being interfered with when I lose battles? N stands for no oftentimes, and and that can be a specific target behavior. Again, not necessarily just 
viewing pornography or, or masturbation or something like that, but the N square can be a specific behavior that may be related to losing battles that the boys want to focus on overcoming. And then I'd imagine the same as, as the mom power calendar, the PWR squares stand for prayer, writing, and reading. And so these are, you know, the primary answers from back at church, the most important things that we can engage in to maintain our spiritual level is prayer twice a day for five minutes, reading at least 15 minutes a day from the scripture or from, you know, modern revelation, whatever it be, and writing in their manpower journal is, is also a very important role. And so that's kind of, that's where the calendar comes in. And those are the goals that Again, once you can get the young men to understand that this isn't just a couple of goals that they have set, this has been the Lord telling them, if you want to overcome pornography, these are the things that you have to do. If they can feel truly that they have received that revelation, that they, they have the ability to receive, that really helps them feel excited and feel optimistic and, and engaged in their goal setting and, and in their desire to meet those goals on a daily basis. And Karen, you, you wanted to say something about Yeah. About so drills. what I know that everybody's level of using the calendar is different, right? And that's why we have personal warrior trainers. So not only does your son have a clinician, but also a personal warrior trainer, because that's the personal warrior trainer's number one job is to help your son figure out what is best for him. So it doesn't have to look like every other boy's manpower, his man goals, right? They can all differ. And then in order to graduate from Sons of Helaman, what's required with the calendar? So graduation from the Sons of Helaman program requires not only 12 weeks of no lost battles, but also 28, at least 28 consecutive days upon graduation of perfect manpower calendar days, meaning every one of the six goals has been met every day for at least 28 days moving forward. So that's what's expected from, from the boys before they're able to graduate from the program. If I could just add a little personal note here, when I first was introduced to a calendar myself, I just tried to set goals like, you know, this is going to be perfect all this weight I've been trying to lose this is going to be the thing. I'm going to do it. And it was so difficult for me to do those things perfectly every day. And it literally took me six months before I was like, all right, I think I can do this for 28 days in a row. Yeah. Was yeah I mean, that's, that can be, and again, without fail, that is the ticket. You know, I don't think there's been a single client of mine who has found real success in their fight against pornography without fully embracing that power calendar and fully engaging in getting some consistency behind their their goals and and again th those are not static goals that they set on day one that never change this is an evolving process as these young men grow as their understanding and commitment grows to the program so does their manpower calendar so do their goals and and so this is a consistently active process of receiving revelation that they engage in with the Lord. This is their regiment, you know, their process that they're constantly revising and engaging in so that they know 
without a doubt that this is the Lord's will for them going forward. This isn't just about, you know, if I don't get my goals right, then Brody's going to be upset with me come, you know, come Tuesday night, whenever our sessions are together. But this is really about helping them feel like I have, you know, this is revelation for me that the Lord has given me. And so this is between me and God. And, and again, the positive elements of engaging in that calendar are directly associated with the warrior chemistry that we're hoping to build up with these boys and help them feel excited and, and positive about where, you know, about their, their place and how they're doing in, in this fight against Satan. And again, so the, the drills, if I could go into that, you know, that was part of the question, I, I think, too, again, is on top of the manpower calendar, we go through a process of visualizing a battle with the adversary helping the boys identify maybe you know where is it that i lose battles most often you know what is the situation what is the element that satan likes to you know to take advantage of in my life and they get used to we encourage at least three to five times a day in a place where you know they're not being tempted they're not feeling like they're about to lose a battle in a place where their mind can be clear. They put themselves mentally into a position, into a mental state of feeling as if they are in that position, as if they are close and imagining, visualizing an attack from the adversary. And then the practice becomes the effort of saying no to that attack, of using, again, visualization of family members in danger or you know a, a lot of different things whatever it be that gets that young man that client into you know positive brain chemistry flowing so that they feel like fighting they feel like they are under attack they feel like they are at war so that they can use that you know use those god-given brain chemicals to put them into a physical mental position of battling the adversary and then go through the process of, of kicking those temptations, those images out of their mind and putting themselves into a positive action. Then they go after they've done the visualization, the mental side of things, they go off to their flagpole, wherever that is, you know, a physical place. And they, you know, again, they go through these steps, which puts them into a mental state of having you know, the feeling of, I just won that battle against Satan. I was just successful in this fight. And so again, it reinforces the positive feelings that have been lacking for them for so long. Like I'm doing well, I am winning, I'm fighting and being successful against the adversary. And so that's what the drills are supposed to accomplish. Again, it's, it's a process for a lot of the new guys to kind of learn how that works and learn to really get positive effects out of their drills when they're doing them because it's kind of a thing that can feel silly at first if especially if you're not used to that kind of a, a mental mm -hmm. process but it's an important one so i have another question so i can imagine that well, how do you if you're visualizing this temptation isn't that a trigger isn't that going to set you going down the wrong way that that's a common it, that's a common worry. I think it's even for, you know, for the guys a lot of the time. And there's a, you know, there's a line that we have to have to skirt, I guess you could say between, you know, actually, you know, inviting, you know, negative satanic flashes from the adversary 
and putting ourselves into a mental state of feeling like we are under attack because there's a difference there. We're not inviting the young men to, you know, think about pornographic images or, you know, bring up things into their mind that are against, you know, their value system. What we're, what we're inviting them and coaching them to do is remember the feeling of being in that position. Remember how it feels to be tempted to be in, you know, a physical, whether it's a physical place or a mental place where you feel like you are in danger. And, and again, so yes, without some real elements in there of feeling like you're approaching a place where you could lose a battle, it's, it's not going to be as effective a process. So it, it can feel kind of counterintuitive in that we're inviting negative thoughts or feel like we're inviting negative mental processes into these young men's lives. But again, it's, it's not about actually thinking about pornographic images, thinking about negative things. It's about putting yourself into, and, and again, the boys know what it feels like. They know what it means when you explain to them, how does it feel right before you looking for porn? What kind of, you know, how do you feel emotionally? What kind of mental state are you in? It's different for everybody, but every single young man knows how to describe that feeling for themselves. They know what that feels like. They have a memory of, of those events and those times. And so all we're doing is, is trying to get that kind of a mental state, even just the memory of it activated so that the, the fight can feel just as real as the emotions that we're fighting against, if that makes sense. Thanks. Thank you. No problem. You know, it makes so much sense when you consider, you know, if you are one of the things that they're like dragons that they fight book points out, it just says to think of a musician, an athlete or a soldier and how often they have to drill practice going against someone who's not going to kill them or someone who's not going to, you know, steal the ball because they're going to win the game or someone who's, you know, and create this spiritual, physical muscle memory of this is what I'm going to do when someone tries to steal the ball, when someone raises their sword like that. Yeah, it's just this very intentional thing, but it makes a lot of sense when you can put it in that, you know, thing, that parallel. Yeah, I'm a big NFL fan as well. So I've been watching like the NFL just finished up their preseason and, and what a lot of the professional teams will do, even though, you know, they don't want other teams to see what kind of plays they're running or what kind of things they're doing. The two teams will actually find a place to meet together and they'll practice together. So it will be basically like a little exhibition game that they will have so that the, the players get to have as close a real experience to a game as possible without the same risk of injury, the same, you know, the same level of, of danger that they would put themselves in a real game, but they want to get as close as they possibly can so that these reps that they're getting, the practice that they're getting as is, is as effective as possible. And so that's, you know, that's kind of, again, the, the, the mentality behind what we're trying to, you know, best practice when it comes to drills is to put yourself mentally into a position of feeling the threat, feeling the danger, but not necessarily putting yourself into a place where you are truly at risk of losing a battle, where you are truly, you know, putting yourself 
into harm's way, but getting as close as you can so that you're feeling real positive brain chemistry. You're feeling the real reaction that your body will have. And again, as Karen stated, getting that muscle memory and getting that, you know, those neural pathways activated so that they're more readily accessible in those moments when you do, when you do in fact need them. I'd be curious. And Brody, can I just say, this is such a brilliant discussion. Like truly, this is helping us so much to hear all of this. It's so helpful. Could you tell us what some of the drills are? Cause I bet as a clinician, you probably know, okay, that boy's drill is to do this. This is how he runs his drill. Can you just walk us through a couple of boys drills? Like, what do they do? Yeah. So I'll go through one of my clients currently who has done a really good job. I think of, of finding out how he, you know, when is the best time for him to do his drills. And so he loses battles almost exclusively in this short period of time he has, he comes home from work earlier than mom and dad do and nothing, you know, no one's home. There's nothing, you know, nothing really going on. And so you can see how that would be a pretty high risk situation for this young man to be in. So the drill, the flagpole that he has established for himself is he's got this spot right in front of his staircase, right in front of the front door. And so as soon as he comes in from work, there's his flagpole. He knows every day, it doesn't matter what kind of, you know, it doesn't matter how great I'm feeling. It doesn't matter how positive my brain chemistry is in this moment. Every day when I come home from work, I hit my flagpole and this is where I do my drill. And so he remembers, you know, so he stands there in front. It's, it's just a, you know, it's a, how do I just, it's like a, a picture frame with little key hooks on the bottom of it. So that everyone, you know, when they get home, that's where they hang up their key. So that's the first thing you do when you come in the door. So that's where his flagpole is. He stands there, hangs his keys up, and that's where the visualization starts for him. So he goes into the mental place where he's under attack and then practices winning that battle. And he practices, you know, so he activates his warrior chemistry and the way that that happens, again, I don't know how, how many of you have had the opportunity to read like dragons did they fight, but there's a story in there. And this is what's so like, this is when I read this part of like dragons, did they fight for the first time? That was the moment where I was like, this is good. Like I was, I was excited about the book because it did for me in that moment, exactly what it was supposed to do. It talks about, you know, a man coming home from work, his wife sent him a text message right before he left the office that said, you know, the, I've arranged for the kids to all be out of the house. It's going to be just you and me when you get home. And, you know, so, you know, insinuating certain things. And so husband is super, super excited to come home. And so he's driving, you know, he's feeling good about himself. He buys some flowers when he's coming home from work and he's, you know, he, he has to fight sprinting right up to the front door because he's so excited when he, so he strolls up the steps when he gets out of the car and he notices when he comes to the front door that the front door is cracked open a little bit. And it, so he's like, that's not normal. And so then he starts to pay attention and he can hear screams coming from the inside of his house. So the man pushes the front door open and what he sees is his, you know, his front room is in complete disarray, furniture thrown around his wife laying on the ground screaming while a man in a mask stands over her tearing at her clothes 
And so the question now becomes, what is that man going to do about what he has just seen? What would that man feel like in that moment? And when I read that book, you know, I was newly married. I was, <laughs> I, I put myself, I visualized myself in that situation. And I just about, I, I just about lost my mind right then and there in that moment. And I thought about what would I be willing to do in that situation to protect my family from threat? What would I be willing to do? How much of myself, how much of my, you know, my own safety, would I be willing to sacrifice my own comfort? Would I be willing to sacrifice to be there to save my wife from, you know, from the fate that was about to be met by her? And those emotions that that's warrior chemistry. That's what we're trying to access. That feeling, that fire that is built up in, you know, the protective instincts that a young man has to, you know, especially towards the women in his life, but toward, you know, towards himself, towards the most important things, the most important relationships he has. That is what the drill is supposed to do. That's what warrior chemistry is. Those are the feelings we're trying to elicit. And I can tell you honestly that when a young man does this drill properly and gets those emotions activated powerfully in his mind, there is zero chance he's going to win a battle in the near future because he is turned on to that fight and he knows exactly where Satan is in that moment and he is willing to fight to the death to beat, beat the adversary's attack on him in that moment. And so that's where the drills are are coming from. That's the kind of practice we're getting to engage in. And again, a lot of the young men, when they get used to this, if you talk to the generals, after they've gotten the hang of getting the warrior chemistry activated, they, they talk, you can turn it on like that. It's just a soldier gets used to, you know, being ready to fight wherever, whenever they need to. It's the same thing. As soon as you feel any kind of temptation, any kind of attack from the adversary, it's turned on, you're up to 10 instantly. Because you know what's at stake, you know what's on the line, and you know what you're ready to fight for. So again, it's, it's just a process of practice and establishing these routines, establishing these tools and abilities that these young men have been training for their whole lives, but have lost the ability to kind of sort out. That's all we're really doing for them is, is teaching them what they need to do to be able to access all of these important tools that they've been building for their whole lives. And so it's, it's, again, it, when I, when I first read that, that's what sold me completely on, on the Sons of Human program, because it is, you don't have to, it's not a, you know, a, a mystery as to why that works and why that's effective for, for any man who, you know, has a family. And, and I would challenge anyone to read that passage in, in like dragons, did they fight did not feel some pretty powerful powerful emotions mm -hmm. i love too that that comes from a place of yeah a god-given right right it's a god-given right and it comes from a place of deep love right like captain moroni we fight for our lives and for our wives and for our children like you know it's that's not Captain Moroni's statement, but that's the one we have memorized from being at Life Changing Services. There's a quick question in the chat that says, "Do they do these visualizations? They are supposed to do in group. 
No, they don't do them in there, There's other drills. Well, there's other types of sparring is what we call it that we engage in in the group process that's targeted to a little bit of a different behavior set, a different kind of just tool that we use. But the, the boys are trained how to do the vis visualizations, do the drills, and encouraged to engage in them, as I said earlier, at least three to five times a day. And, you know, obviously whenever they're actually in a battle against the adversary. So they're taught to practice them, figure out how to do them, where they want to do them. But they are on top of their manpower calendar. Daily drills are, are a part of the program. They're encouraged to, to do so on their own and, and, and do them themselves while they're going throughout their day. So I hope that answers that question. I know we've just got a minute here, but there are a couple of questions sent in the chat and I hope I haven't missed any, but one of them was just talking about are there certain portions of the book or pages or something that you might point to moms to, to help, just to help be a, Hey, this is a really great part for them to read or look at. And then there's just one more question I think might, could use a minute. I don't know that, you know, it's the, part of the reason I like the book so much is because it is quite a light read and it's pretty quick not that it's effortless to read through the whole thing it's still kind of an investment so I would encourage you to read the whole thing obviously because everything in there is you know there's not really a dry moment or, or anywhere where something in there wouldn't be applicable to anyone especially a mother if I'm not mistaken though and Karen might be able to answer this better than me there is a section at the end for parents that might be, if you wanted to start there first, read that to get you excited about the rest of the book, then that might be a good, a good strategy. I think, am I wrong, Karen, or is that the case? Yeah, it's on page 149. But yeah, as you go to the table of contents in the book, it, you know, it takes you right to where you can read about warrior chemistry in chapter six on page 41, but the parent section starts on 149. But yeah, you you would understand the warrior chemistry and what built up to it if you started earlier than that six. So yeah, they, the last one that I have here is talking about warrior chemistry and how, how do I get that personally? You know, how do I get warrior chemistry when I have had depression, low serotonin my whole life, and I grew up in a verbally abusive home. So not only beaten up by Satan, but by those around me. Sometimes that can be a, a, add a tricky dynamic. you have any thoughts on that, Brody? That is an excellent question. I, again, it's a personal process and it's different. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can try and kind of dip your toe into the pool, if that makes sense. I think power poses, actually, I, I liked that statement because that's an easy way. You know, again, as I described, when a lobster serotonin gets up, it, it does start to do a bit of a, a power pose. So it, it's a good, cheap way to to get yourself into it. And, and again, it, it can feel really silly when you do it the first time. But having some positive statements just about you, you know, just about who you are that you can go over is a really positive way, a, a good way to try and build up that self-image that the adversary has been working so hard to tear down for so long and study it, you know, in your scripture study, study about what it means to be a child of God. Like we talk about being a child of God. We've talked about it since, you know, sunbeams. That's 
in our primary songs, I am a child of God. And we sing about it all the time. And, and I think we lose track of keeping in our minds what that means, you know, what it means to be a literal child of God and where we're headed. You know, if the lesson one, the, the personal warrior trainers go over with the clients is it's called the war between remembering and forgetting because Satan's number one goal is to get us to forget about who we are. And it's because we are dangerous and we are powerful to, you know, and a destructive force to the works of Satan here on this earth. When we know who we are and when we know how powerful we, we are. When Moses had just received his revelation and Satan came and attacked him, the first thing Moses said to him was, Moses, son of man, worship me. First thing he tried to do is for, get Moses to forget about him being a son of God. Moses, you're a son of man. No, he's not a son of man. Moses is a son of God. And Moses did a pretty good job of, of remembering that and being like, who are you? Like, what, what are you doing here? I, he was not tricked at all by, by that attack from the adversary. And so I would say more than anything, I, I think having a, a professional to be there to help in this instance, particularly if the depression has been going on for a long time and it's been something you've, you've struggled with, I think that's important. But more than that, I would say become converted to the fact that you are a child of God. And really study it out to find out what that means. Because if, if we remember who we are and we remember what it is to be a daughter of our Heavenly Father, then, then our value is, is non-negotiable. Our value is inherent and it is infinite. And that's an important thing to be able to understand if we're going to overcome thoughts of, you know, of depression or thoughts of of self, you know, struggles with, with self-worth and things like that. So I, I hope that answers that question with the time that we have. Unfortunately, we're, we're running low, but I'm, yeah. I'm fine to go over a little bit. That's okay. If there's more questions, I don't mind. I think this is such a powerful spirit. It's hard to stop. We find this almost every single week. It's like, man, it's hard to stop these meetings. Well, Brody, I know that in the chat, many people have put, like not many people have put lots of words, yes, but BJ, I know, she's so wonderful at putting the information that people need to find you, uh, but would you mind just saying out loud, how do people just find Brody Hill if they need to talk to you personally? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty new to the whole social media game. I've got a Facebook page now i'm a professional one it's just my name you can just search up brody hill on facebook give it a follow if you want and there's you know i post stuff from you know from mothers who know and, and other things like that I'm, I'm working on a video series actually as well that's in the early stages so that'll be you know stay tuned for that if you're interested but yeah so i'm just getting into things but as of right now the best way is just my, my phone number's on there, my email address if on my Facebook page. So if there's anything else that you, any other questions specific, like I, I've got, I'm pretty early in the process. So I've got, I, I've, I've got one thing on Maurice and that is I've got time on my hands still. He's pretty busy, but I've, 
I've got more free time than he does. So uh, <laughs> I can answer questions. I can respond to emails. I'm more than happy to, to be there for anybody who needs it. So, yeah. So good. I, I was happy to be here too. Here. Thank you for the invite. It was, it was good to be here. Yeah. You're welcome. And yeah, so good. Well, thank you so much for being here, ladies and Brody. Really, you've done such a great service for us today. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers Who Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSAA young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know and on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week mom power training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at mothersyouknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.